Today, it's time for the top five most hated, annoying Pelicans. Is Eric Gordon number one, or does someone else take the crown? And where is Anthony Davis, if anywhere, on the list? It's Monday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team in New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential Member of the Media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday. So programming note, we are in three days a week. I'm still going to pitch the show as five days a week, but this is my off season a little bit. I need a little bit of a break so that I can come back firing on all cylinders when the season ramps up. We'll be three days a week for at least a month, maybe a month and a half before we slowly bring it back as we gear up towards training camp and everything. So every Monday is going to be countdown Monday, top five Monday, top 10 Monday, whatever we're kind of doing with it is going to be like this. Wednesday is what if Wednesday. And then of course, Thursday, 7 p.m. Central live show every week, unless something comes up. So thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to y'all like this, even in the offseason or three days a week. The number one Pelicans podcast right here. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer of Locked On Pelicans. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube that you're an everydayer. If you see me in person, shout out everydayer at me. Trust me, that happens, and I love it, and I appreciate you making Locked On Pelicans part of your day whenever it is that you listen. So this is our first top five countdown Monday, and we're just, we're just going to go right on into it. And this is going to be a bit of a fun show here. I hope I have this kind of timed out right, but we'll see. So maybe we go a little bit longer. So... In the comments down below on YouTube, give me your top five most hated, most annoying Pelicans. Hated, annoying, I kind of want to lump them in together. And let's start. It's over on the sidebar if you're watching on YouTube. Number one, we're going to go, we're not going to start at five, we're going to start at number one. Number one is Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, just where to even begin? If you are a longtime Pelicans fan, Hornets fan, this doesn't surprise you at all. And I probably don't even need to do a segment. I could just go, Eric Gordon's number one. And you go, damn right, Jake. Screw that guy. It's kind of what everyone probably feels. Like, whatever he feels here. And, you know, it starts with the Chris Paul trade. And the promise of getting Eric Gordon, the best young shooting guard in the league at the time. By the way. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just pulled him up on Basketball Dash Reference. And one of his nicknames is The Hobbit. Which just... Sure, why not? Um, I wasn't expecting that. That was kind of funny. So it started with the Chris Paul trade and that infamous picture with him, Chris Kamen, and Al Farouk Aminu, you know, holding up their jerseys and just like frowns on their faces going from L.A. and, you know, the creation of Lob City to New Orleans. I get it. Not quite what you want, but man, that's a bad first impression and you only get one opportunity to do that. It's a cliche for a reason and he failed. Then right after that first season where he was injured, the majority of it by the way. He only played nine games that year. He got the offer to go to Phoenix. 
as a restricted free agent and tried to go there, tried to leave New Orleans. They, he was a restricted free agent, so New Orleans could match. But he started to kind of pull some of that stuff you're seeing now where he's like, I don't want to be in New Orleans, basically coming out and saying that and saying, and his quote was, my heart is in Phoenix. Man, you knew that New Orleans was going to match that contract offer. So you were going to have to play for this team. But you're saying, I really want to be elsewhere. My heart is there. It's one thing to be like, look, they made me the most competitive offer. I liked that, you know, but I'm happy to still remain in New Orleans. Like the way he did that is just like a PR disaster. And then when you look at just all of the injuries that he had, he never played more than 64 games in a season for New Orleans over five years. That's not going to do it. You got to play. And he was just never doing it. Nine games, 42 games, 64, 61, 45. Just not even close to being healthy. You know, there was that one year he played through injuries to help the team get into the postseason against the Golden State Warriors. And they don't get in there if he doesn't kind of tough it out. But at the same point, you got to play. And he just didn't handle some of the backlash against him really well. You know, if you go and look up some of the old interviews he gave wearing like a USA basketball jersey talking about things, they're really awkward and uncomfortable. He just didn't have kind of the, the, the presence to know how to kind of handle the media, everything. And it just turned people against him. And you, there's just no coming back from that because he was just never healthy enough to kind of play well enough to get people to really believe him. I met him in person. He showed up to a watch party, actually, and was super nice and social and told us funny stories. But, you know, you did that once in his five years in New Orleans, and it just, it just wasn't enough. His final stats for his... Five seasons in New Orleans, 15.3 points per game. Like, those weren't good. He averaged 22.3 the year before he was traded. That was when we thought in his third year in the league, he was the best two, like young two-guard in the league and just no, nowhere close to that one. And, yeah, it's kind of is what it is. I think he's easily number one for all of those reasons. Number two on the list, right behind him, is Omer Ashik. Former center. This one's a little bit more complicated. And you could argue that a lot of this isn't Ashik's fault. This, Omer Ashik was the epitome of the Dell Demps era. They traded a first round pick to the Chicago Bulls, or was it Houston Rockets at the time? Houston Rockets at the time, I think, um, for a center that didn't have offense because Anthony Davis just didn't want to play center. And it made sense to bring one in, but maybe you needed one with more of an offensive game or a little bit more versatility. He came over from Houston. So you traded a first-round pick for him, and then immediately after that, you signed him to a massive contract. So it was Dell Demps doubling down on his own mistake. That isn't really going to work, and that was a big part of the problem with it, that he made... Omer Ashik made in his career almost $75 million. You know, the end of his tenure was a little weird with um, Crohn's disease, I believe, something like that, the stomach illness, and him, him leaving. But look, the contract, not like he's not going to take it. That was a Dell Demp's mistake. Trading for him in the first place, Dell Demp's mistake. I get it. But he also had terrible hands, no offensive game. He wasn't the defensive presence that we wanted him to be. So yeah, he's number two. I'm going to give you a couple honorable mentions throughout all of this. They're not on the top five. Right now, the list is Eric Gordon, Omer Ashik. We got an honorable mention of Solomon Hill here due to the Dell Demps connection similar to Omer Ashik. It's not Solomon Hill's fault that Dell Demps overpaid him. Funny story about that. It got announced that it was 
four years and like $52 million. And everyone was like, for, for Solomon Hill, who had like three good games in the playoffs during that time, and that's what you're going to pay him to come here to New Orleans? And look, didn't live up to that contract at all, right? So he signed this big deal, and at that point, I'm trying to look. Yeah, it was... Um, they had to, it reportedly came out four years 52, I think, when really it was four years 48 with $4 million in incentives that he could earn to bump that up. But the Pelicans realized the backlash was so bad, they were putting out feelers to the media being like, no, 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 correct it, because it's actually 448 and not 452, so it's not as bad as it seems, which tells you how bad the contract was in the first place. So that's your first honorable mention here. We got some more coming up that are going to be a lot of fun because that's where I can have some fun with folks here. So who's next? Who's three? Who's four? These are names you're probably not expecting. That's coming up here next in today's episode of the top five most hated, most annoying Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, which is the best part. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign Sign up today, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. It's the only betting app that I have on my phone as well. The only one I use because they make it so easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today into every day. We're here Monday through Friday. Right now, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, technically, with the live show Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central, the number one Pelicans podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans just part of your day. You want to support the channel, become an everyday. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints. We did the dual live shows, which was awesome. We might do those again so you get an hour of Locked On content, one then the other. It's training camp right now. Host Ross Jackson is there breaking down everything black and gold for y'all. So let's continue the countdown of most hated slash annoying Pelicans. We just did one and two, Eric Gordon, Omer Ashik. Number three, and this is, this is one that I, I would almost put higher, but I'm trying to make this list with your, your feedback. It's Eric Bledsoe. It's Eric Bledsoe in his one, his one year here in New Orleans. Woo saw. I don't think I've ever been more frustrated with a player than this guy ever been more frustrated with a player than this guy and he only was here for one year came over from milwaukee in the drew holiday trade where if you look at him and you go maybe he can give you 70 percent of what drew holiday gave you not even freaking close not even freaking close 12.2 points per game okay whatever 3.4 3.8 assi- uh, assists Shot 34% from three. Not great on five attempts per game. It's not horrible, but it's not good. And just one of the dumbest, I'm, I'm trying, I feel my blood boiling and my blood pressure rising up. And this is probably why I need the show to be three days a week right now. If you're, if you're watching me, you can see like the visible frustration. This is triggering, I think. One of the dumbest moments I've ever had. And the brutal honesty that came out from that was like, F-, F U Eric Bledsoe, that New York Knicks game where they blew the lead at the end because he didn't foul. 
And after the game, he says, oh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. And we don't know if he wasn't paying attention to Stan Van Gundy in the huddle saying foul or wasn't paying attention to what was going on on the court because he let the dude just drive by him. Or maybe it was both. Don't admit I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. So I got like anything else. Otherwise, you're just there saying like, I ain't doing my job. I'm not, I don't care. Like, I'm not a, being a true professional. And he played 71 games and he led the team in minutes that season. He led the Pelicans in minutes in 2020-2021. Do you know how frustrating that is? That guy who said, I wasn't paying attention after he, in my opinion, single-handedly blew that game. I hated him so much on this team. So, so much. Can we move on? We're going to move on because I can't handle it anymore. Number four. This is a different one than what you're thinking. It's not a player. What about Jeff Bauer for y'all? Y'all remember him? Were you a newer Pelicans fan? And Jeff Bauer, who? This is the guy who was the president of basketball operations, GM of the team, right? And then fired Byron Scott and just goes, you know what? I'm going to be the head coach. We're not going to promote someone else to interim. We're not going to promote one of the, the assistant coaches to interim. I'm just going to take over and coach the team. And they didn't do well. Didn't do well at all. Just what a weird, what a weird thing. And I get he has actually like a history of being a coach and all of those things. But I don't know. Maybe all of a sudden going from the front office to a head coach when you don't normally do that isn't the actual like move. He was 34 and 39 as a career as his head coaching career in that one season in 73 games. You know, they maybe could have done something else if you had put, you know, someone that could coach there instead of your general manager. Just one of the weirder things, right? And this also reeked of an ownership issue too. And this is something I'll talk about with an honorable mention here as well. It's just like the cheapest thing, right? You know, if you give someone the interim job, you want to give them a little bit of a pay raise too to go along with it. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. And this is when George Shin owned the team before, you know, the, the league owned the team and before Benson owned the team. So they were cheap. Shin, you know, had to sell the franchise. The NBA took over because he was virtually insolvent and like couldn't pay bills and things. But come on, just... Always something with this franchise, isn't it? Jeff Bauer up there at number four because of just the weirdest decision. Maybe not only his fault, but like do do something else. I got an honorable mention here. Two honorable mentions for you in this segment. First honorable mention is of Del Demps. Keeping in the theme here with Jeff Bauer. I don't look back on his tenure with any rose-colored glasses. I've seen some of y'all try and be like, Del Demps did nothing wrong. Del Demps was misunderstood. No, Del Demps did a bad job. Flat out. Full stop. He did a bad job. There were ownership constraints. Win now, some internal budget limits, right? You know, he wasn't even allowed to go close to the luxury tax. He could barely go above the salary cap and things like that. But you also are judged on, on your results, your, your win-loss record, the moves that you make. And those moves were not good. Omer Ashik, Solomon Hill. You know, you traded a first and other players, including one of the Lopez brothers, Robin Lopez, for Tyreek Evans. Sounded great in theory, but they had three guards with Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, and Eric Gordon. And was that really the thing? No wings. And because he had no wings, he had to overpay for Solomon Hill. His tenure was bad. His tenure was bad. Yeah, you have some constraints, but you could do a better job. 
also partially responsible, you know, for why Anthony Davis wanted out. And more on Anthony Davis coming up in the next segment. Other honorable mention here that I want, I want to throw out there is Brian Roberts. This is a guy who played for the Hornets. Was no one good. He has no reason to be on this list except his family members annoyed me. Brian, let me let me pull him up here. Brian Roberts played from 2013 to 2017. I think he played with Charlotte too in Portland as well. Two seasons in New Orleans, and he averaged 8.2 points per game as a bit player. Played in 150 games, 47 starts. Like, he doesn't need to be on this list. Except when I wrote for BourbonStreetShots.com in the comments whenever we were doing recaps or talked about Brian Roberts, one of his relatives would be in there being like, y'all are dumb, Brian Roberts is amazing, and it was super annoying. I had to get into like the comments. You could see his like account to see where it was like registered. It was in Akron. The email was like something Roberts at whatever.com. And it was very clearly like a cousin of his, I believe, who just wouldn't, ins- it would just would never stop. I get it. Be proud of your cousin. Be proud of your fam out there in the NBA, but your fam wasn't good. So give it a bit of a rest. Let's be realistic here. So that's why Brian Roberts gets an honorable mention here. Is Brian Roberts on your list? He he probably shouldn't be, but he's on mine because of that. So number five, and in a way this is kind of a countdown to number one, but there's a reason it's five and not one, two, three, or four. Anthony Davis. Let's talk about why coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday, Wednesday, Live show Thursday at 7 p.m. in the offseason, but normally five days a week. The number one Pelicans podcast coming to y'all like no one else is. We are as consistent as it gets here. And I love talking to y'all. Y'all make the show is done for you, not because of me, because of y'all. And I cannot appreciate y'all enough. So if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen one extra day a week. If you know you don't listen to every day and you want to up it a little bit, that supports it, keeps this free and five days a week for y'all, especially during the season. Look, it's never boring here. That is for sure. And we're going to be doing these theme shows the, the next month or so, and maybe we'll shift as we get a little bit closer to training camp and cover the topics that you want to hear. Countdown Mondays, What If Wednesdays. Wednesday show will be What If the Pelio. Like, what that? Because I think that's really intriguing and... We're going to game it out a little bit. I'm going to be curious what you think. We're going to go all Dr. Strange style here on Wednesday's Locked On Pelicans. For your second listen, it's training camp, Locked On Saints. Everything you need, black and gold, Ross Jackson given to you. Make sure that's your second listen today. So we are counting down the top five most hated, most annoying Pelicans. We're actually going to reverse countdown. We started at the top. So far, our list is Eric Gordon, Omer Ashik, Eric Bledsoe, Jeff Bauer, And number five is Anthony Davis. This one's tough. You could argue that Anthony Davis is the best player in franchise history. You could argue it. If you want to make that claim to me, I don't have a problem with that. Him, Chris Paul, you could pick some other players too, potentially. I do think it's probably one of those too. And you're not incorrect on that, even with everything. But it's with everything and the way he tried to force his way out during the season after his trade request that just leaves such a bad taste in everyone's mouth to this day. To this day. That hasn't changed. And it's not going to change anytime soon, if it ever will. He wanted out, and he took the nuclear route. He can do that. He has every right to do that and make that as messy as you want. I don't think it's a great tactic. I think it hurts your reputation. But you can do that. But you got to deal with the consequences, and that's this fan base hating you. 
because of how good of a player he was, because he's basically the last player that won this team a playoff series, I'm not going to put him in the top four. I'm not going to make him number one on this list because the talent and the on-court stuff, when you look at the rest of them, they don't have that kind of track record at all. He does. But that doesn't mean you don't get to be on the list. That doesn't mean that you don't have a couple of just negative moments that that's all folks. And then the line about what he was where, you know, Oh, someone just puts my clothes out and I can't pick it. Man, you're, you're an adult. You can pick your own clothes. That was a conscious choice. People show you who they are. I'm a very big believer in that and let them show you that. And Anthony Davis showed us who he was. So you make this list, your on-court accomplishments, AD, prevent you from being higher in number one. But if you didn't have that playoff series win, that sweep over the Portland Trailblazers, you're not five on this list. You're up higher. The injuries are a factor in this too. Always injured, right? His nickname is questionable to return at times. He probably has mutations from all of the MRIs and x-rays that he's gotten. He doesn't. It's a joke. But it's just... It could have, it should have been so much more. And yeah, while the team failed around him, right, this all could have, his exit could have been handled better. He got to the team that he wanted to just six months later, just wait. And you could have had all the goodwill in the world. People understood when that trade request first came out. They were like, yeah, you know, Dell Demps, all that. So that made sense. And then he got rid of that immediately. So he's five on the list. He has to be on this list. Absolutely. And it's a shame that arguably the best franchise player, uh, player in franchise history is on a list of the most, the top five most hated, most annoying former players. So some honorable mentions here. Where do you put Anthony Davis? Is he five for you? Is he one? Is he two? Or are you like, five's good. Like he needs to be on the list, but the accomplishments on the court, you know, give him a little bit of grace here. A couple other honorable mentions just kind of you know when you do that thing guys do right where they just kind of sit around like naming names here is what we're going to do honorable mention of Marco Bellinelli if you are like probably around my age you know you probably remember seeing him at Lucy's like every night during the season probably leaving with like women you wish you were hitting on or something like that uh so you probably hate him for that reason I don't know so he's on there. Just never also lived up to the hype. He was brought in, and I remember it was Monty Williams, the head coach, talked about how Marco Bellinelli was like everything we as a team aspire to be. And it's like, Marco, we're talking about the same player here. JJ Redick also gets an honorable mention just for the way he kind of trashed the team on his podcast on the way out. I want to put him too high because he's he's been good to New Orleans. He he treats you know, the fan base well now. And honestly, that one little dig that he had kind of spawned the Pels 12 group. And that group is awesome. So good kind of coming out of a negative situation there, I think means we can give him a little bit benefit of the doubt here. But he, you know, had one good season. And then the second season he was here was not good. His shooting in the year that he was traded was terrible. So I do think that he gets an honorable mention, but doesn't need to be on the list. Other honorable mentions. The one season Kendrick Perkins played here, you know, he wasn't supposed to be good. I kind of like the way he trashes Dell Demps is a little bit funny to me, so I think he can be in there. Um, someone said Greg Steamsma. A couple people did. Like, yeah, he was garbage. 
He was good. he was real bad here, but you know I, he wasn't supposed to be good. Austin Rivers probably thought he was better than what he was and didn't live up to the hype of being the tenth overall pick. So you kind of hate him for wasted potential. Had one person say John Salmons for whatever reason, I'm really not sure why, and said, for fun, why not Tomas Sadoransky? What did they ever do to you, my dude? So this one was kind of a fun one. We'll do, you know, favorite players in franchise history. We'll do best players in franchise history, most underrated players in franchise history. Uh, The one I want to do next week, I think I want to do top five, like Pelicans killers, And I might need to get a guest on the show. Like, might really need to get a guest on the show. Um, I will text him tomorrow. I'm recording this kind of late because I think he's perfect for this. Players who, like, like random players who aren't that good that just have big games against New Orleans and, like, give them losses. You know, as a preview to that, one of them is definitely Will Barton from his time with the Denver Nuggets where that dude felt like he was putting up 50 every time he played New Orleans. And it's like, him off the bench? Really? Top Pelicans killers. So Wednesday, what if Wednesday, what if the Pelicans win the NBA title? And then, of course, the live show Thursday at 7 p.m. Central, where we will take your questions. And we'll kind of recap these shows on there as well. So I appreciate you all tuning in today, making Locked On Pelicans part of your day. Become an everyday or support the channel. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all on Wednesday, not Tuesday, three days a week for right now. Time the show out pretty well. We're right at 25 minutes. Perfect. See y'all on Wednesday.